Cameo did such a good job of being a tech company that was creator and celebrity first. So from day one, Steven, the CEO, he's got a sales background and one of his co-founders was actually a agent for some NFL players. Welcome to the In The Pit podcast. I'm your host, Cody Schneider. Go subscribe to this podcast right now if you want to learn how to grow your business. If you're on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube, hit the subscribe button to get more marketing alpha. This podcast is brought to you by Swell AI. Swell AI is a content repurposing platform powered by AI. Give it long form video and it's going to turn it into clips, write blog posts, write newsletters, write tweets, write LinkedIn posts, anything that you can imagine it can write and it can write it in your tone, style and voice of your brand. You can then schedule it to social media so that you can build your own content marketing flywheel and grow your business. That's how B2B grows now. Go to swellai.com to sign up for free. Let's get started with today's show. What up? How's it going, man? Good to hear you. Good to hear you, brother. We're live, by the way. I'm, we're just jumping oh. into it. That's how I'm doing. Jumping right in. I love it. I love it. How you doing? Where you at right now? Oh, still, you know, just at home in Chicago. It's, oh. It snowed for the first time yesterday, so. Nice. Yeah, man. We got pummeled this weekend in Denver, so anyways. I heard about that. It's mental. It's rough uh, out here. Yeah, winter yeah, is yeah. winter is officially here. Yeah, that, that, that bitch, she arrived. But anyways. <laughs> No, I'm actually stoked, dude. I cannot wait. I'm trying to ski a bunch this year. So anyway. That's one thing I hate about living in the Midwest is we get all the snow and none of the mountains. Totally, totally. That would kill me. I would be in just torture yeah. all the time. It's rough. It's rough. <laughs> For sure. Well, hell yeah, man. I don't know what you want to talk about today. I want to hear about Cameo more. I don't know if you want to tell me about it and just how you did all the influencer marketing in particular. And yeah, for sure. I've done this like, content automation kick. I know you're doing Makes some sense. stuff kind of around that, that type of type of world specifically I'd like yeah, on the newsletter side and I mean I know you're just like looking at everything that everybody's building but pretty um, much yeah yeah cool well anyways so on the cameo piece for the audience you were, you were ahead of growth there is that right Connor no I was just I was a very early growth hire so I was okay, I think, cool. like a second second or third person on the growth team there and nice, was there nice. real early on yeah Nice, cool. And then, I mean, you did like zero to one, basically their like sir program. Yeah, pretty much. Talk to yeah. me about that. Tell tell me everything you learned so that I can learn it and in proxy, all the people listening to this can learn it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's, it's a crazy little world there. Cameo did such a good job of like being a tech company that was like creator and celebrity first, basically. Really? Like it, from day it one. It stayed cool, like, which is yeah. so hard to do. Like, exactly. in tech, I don't know. That, that was always been my experience. They're based in LA, right? Or no? Yeah, so they, they're actually, so technically their headquarters is Chicago, but they also oh. have a, a, an office out in Venice, for this beach. Yeah, so they, we kind of split the headcount between those two, which makes sense because, you know, celebrities are out in LA a lot and less so in Chicago. But yeah, I mean, so from day one, Steven, the CEO, he's got a, a nice sales background and his, one of his co-founders was actually a, a agent for some NFL players. And so kind of from day one, they realized that to be in that world, you couldn't just approach it from a tech perspective. Like you really had to like meet them where they live because otherwise I've, I've done a few companies now where celebrities and influencers are kind of like the main partnership and it's really difficult to do. I mean, they are some of the most sought after humans on the planet. They are constantly getting bombarded with like requests, with like pitches, with free stuff. And so making it worth their time is 
hard to do and it's hard to keep their attention. It's hard to like make sure that they like everyone's continuing the relationship as like a normal business would prescribe. And so what Cameo did really well kind of from the beginning was they kept a large percentage of the, the headcount as like just talent outreach and talent relations. And like basically kind of from the beginning, they had like for every major player that we had on the platform, they had someone like dedicated to helping them with tech issues, like helping them, like reminding them of requests that had, they had like an account like, executive or whatever that was like pretty way, much way yeah. hands on. Yeah, exactly. And like, I think that was something that separated them from a lot of the other tech platforms where it's like a lot of the similar products that I've seen out there have been like entirely self-service, which is good. Like it makes sense to be like, Hey, like we're just going to let it be that you can come on a platform. It's really easy to use. You can just kind of go, but like, we're going to be pretty hands off. I think that works for pretty much most user types, except for like celebrities and, and most influencers where it's a lot more like these, these people are crazy busy. Like if they're doing a cameo, it's because they have like five minutes in between, in between like shoots or like after a football game or stuff like that, where it's like, yeah, these people are going to need a little bit more hands-on to, to be good on the platform. And yeah, I mean like the, the staying cool thing was like constantly top, top of mind. It was something that like, I feel like it, not it probably started there and then everything else worked around that. Yeah. No, that exactly. Like it, cause it's so easy to get, to become cringy in that in that space. I mean, like, I think celebrities in general are always a little wary of like the Silicon Valley type anyway. And so making it so that those two worlds kind of like worked together well was, I think, a testament to everyone that was that was there. Yeah, accomplishing the impossible task. Pretty much, yeah. So there, there's two things. I'm curious about how you handled, like, you know, the learnings that you had there. How would you apply that today? Like, I, I, everybody, on like, what's on top of mind right now that I'm seeing is, like, how do I engage with B2B influencers to, like, have them yeah. use my product and talk about it and, you know, in, in that setting? And the other thing I, I'd love to have you share, I, I thought it was super interesting. I think you told me last time we talked about this that, you basically, there was like this aha moment where you're like, hey, the media we're having them make, we can use this as paid ads to get like other people mm. onto the platform. And like that was yeah. like this like massive tipping point. So yeah, do, do you mind? So talk, talk to me about like translating that into, you know, from massive celebrities now down to like, you know, these small, like, you know, UGC brands or whatever, like these other companies that would be wanting to do this. And how would you go about that? Yeah, that's a really good question. So in terms of that, like aha moment, that was, that was really early on. That was actually, I think maybe even before I got there, but the idea was that like, and this is, I mean, this is just like a growth person's dream. So when I joined, I was already like, this is, we're, we're on a rocket ship here is that like every product or every sold unit is basically an advertisement for the next one. Cameo was an awesome product because especially really, really early on where like it was really novel and people didn't know what, um, like what it was. Have you, have you ever seen Billions, the show? Yeah. yeah. There's like a, in one of the earlier seasons, there's like an episode where the, the billionaire guy pays I think it's Kevin Durant, like a hundred K to go say happy birthday to his friend's kid. And it's like cameo made that accessible to the normal person. And so we did these things called like reaction videos where it was like, you would film cameos were especially early on primarily like gifting products. And so like 
if I'm sending a cameo, say my dad's a huge fan of Brett Favre. He's not, he's a Bears fan, so he'd kill me for saying that. But say he's a fan of Brett Favre and I suddenly for his birthday just like put up on the TV like a video of Brett Favre being like, Chris, I hear you're a fan. I hear it's your birthday. Like, I can't believe that you've been a fan for all this time, blah, 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 blah. Like those videos early on were constantly going viral because they're cool. Like seeing that is like just pretty cool moment and then it, the next like question is oh, for the front page of reddit <laughs> exactly exactly and like there's so many like it, it was just like what i from what i remember like the moment that that started to be like oh okay i think we're onto something is when like just like consistently we'd start getting those reaction videos that were like like would bring a tear to your eye or would be like like just like crazy cool to see like this guy's whole year was just made because of your product. Were you guys so, seeding that or was that happening naturally? So like initially so, it probably was natural and then you were seeding, I'm assuming, right? So interestingly, it was something that they encouraged from the very beginning, nice. but we did more and more to like encourage it because yeah. And, and then to your point, like that was something that we started using in like paid ads. But also I think probably more importantly, it's something that organically built a lot of interest. Like if you see that video and you're like, holy crap, how did they get them to do that? And the answer is, oh, you could do that too. Like, just go here. That's like the best product advertisement you could possibly ask for, especially if it's not an advertisement, it's because your friend posted it. And so that's where, like, that is the gold standard that I have been chasing of like product growth market fit of like, any person should hope for like that is yeah, the like definition of like how do i get yeah. earned media from the use of the products like for a consumer product exactly yeah i mean i feel like that's the only way that you could actually like grow something like I, I mean it feels so obvious it's so stupid to even say what i'm saying but like looking at it you're like you know hindsight's 2020 20, but in that moment it probably was just like you know <laughs> a blur. yeah like it, it, well, yeah, that, no, yeah. <laughs> exactly no i mean you're right like that's that's what every single company is striving for right it's like every it's the virality factor it's what growth people like dream about is like oh getting every user that i bring to bring x number more i've just never seen a company or at least worked at a company where it was so like slapping you in the face how powerful that actually was and like was just based on the, the product itself, not anything you were actually like doing for it. Totally. It's yeah. funny, like people always talk about product-led growth and yeah. like, we have product-led growth. And I'm like, okay, yep. you have a self-service signup form. That's exactly. the product growing. That's itself. not the product. Exactly. And so it's like, that's exactly, that was the first time I've, I've ever seen something that like obviously powerful. Yeah. I like to yeah. think about it as like it's self-replicating or like it's like a yeah, cell exactly. where it's like yeah. you a cell and it splits and then it splits and then it splits, right? Like that's really what product-led growth feels like. Exactly. I've only seen it one time in my life. Yep. And like it is it, it is it, really yeah. rare. Yeah. It's yeah. it's hard to it's very I mean I know the the phrase It's also a high, I imagine. Cuz now oh, that you've touched that you're like how do yeah. I replicate it? How do like oh, as a 100%. I just know I've it, been yeah. chasing that ever since. No, yeah. And it, it really is. It was it's like, like doing heroin for the first time, you know? You're just like, "Oh my god." No. You're like, "Oh, playing, this is like, it." <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I mean you're totally right though. And that's why working there was such a blast is that like every day you'd come in and like one the numbers were just going up and to the right like crazy and like the product itself was pretty cool. Like you'd come into the office and the person next to you would be like, "Oh man, Snoop Dogg can't get his camera to work. Like got to go call him. I'll be right back." And then like that's just like what 
Like, that's just the day. And so, Was it yeah, cool was, to work there? Like, just, like, everybody who was there, you're like, fuck, that person's cool? Like, that kind of thing? Yeah. Oh, everyone there was cool. Everyone there was cool. And I was on, like, the tech slash, like, gross side. But, oh, yeah, the, the people that worked with the the influencers and the, like, celebrities were so much cooler. Like, we were, like, the, like, data folk in the back room. Like, but even then, like, we were honestly, like, we were all a pretty like Snoop tight Dogg's coming in, shut the door, yeah. keep them shut back. Shut the door, we gotta hide. <laughs> No, it was, uh, it, was, so it was such a fun time. Yeah, and, like, like I've never worked in a place that, like, has that kind of, like, weird mash of, like, oh, your every day at the office could be really, really interesting. Like, some, you never know. Like, someone might just, like, pop in and then your whole day is shot because you're just amazed that that person is, like, over there. Super interesting. Yeah, very unique place to work for sure. No, I feel that, man. All right, so I'm trying to do B2B influencer marketing. Yes. How, how would I do that now? Like, or like, you know, I just influencer marketing in general. Like, what do, how would you structure it? And I mean, this, I think this is my, a friend of mine is running this company and it's like entirely growing by just affiliate. Like they built yeah. this massive affiliate network and it's like a B2B to C is kind of how I would describe the product. Um, yeah, but it, that makes sense. It's in the e-com space, but long story short, the... Like just hearing him talk about like how it kind of like, I, I would love to hear how you would go about doing that. Like, like what, what, what would that, what would that look like? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the, the B2B influencer space is like over the past year or two has really blown up. It's, it's kind of interesting to see, like, I think link, LinkedIn and Twitter, I mean, obviously those are the two main places where they kind of live, but like LinkedIn has really put an emphasis on this like that's kind of been their whole strategy for the past few years i guess is like how do we build this like how do we build a feed like how do we get time on platform to increase and they made a huge bet that it's via like b2b or like business oriented influencers and so now it's a real thing getting them i, I honestly don't know that it's like it's such a newer space that i think like the fact that your friend has already like got this machine kind of running is really impressive because I think these kind of things are when they're new are super interesting and difficult because like not only does no one know how to talk to these people yet, those people aren't even necessarily looking to be talked to or know that that's totally. even an, op an option for them. And so the question then becomes like, how do you talk to these people that aren't necessarily even looking to do what you're offering in a not spammy way and that's where like i think you've done a good job of this obviously because i found you through this is like building the, those kind of like building a reputation yourself or for your company where you are then not like you reaching out to them is not their first touch point is like crucial yeah, building relationships true. building relationships with smaller entities like influencers whether that's b2b b2c or just like any kind of influencer super important that they feel like you are trustworthy because their entire this isn't just like a business yeah, to business. them it, it's, it's them yeah it's them their reputation their livelihood their future that they are like risking by associating themselves with you and so like you're going to have an incredibly hard time converting them to your platform or whatever it is you're trying to get them to do if the first time that they talk to you is like me being like, hey, you don't know who I am. I want you to like stake your reputation on my product. Like that's just like not gonna work most of the time unless you just throw so much money at them that they don't even care, which totally. most, startup, most startups can't do. So really I think like this is where building an organic audience is, I mean like this is, 
another thing that every growth person will tell you is like having an owned audience is just like so powerful and so important. It's obviously a really, really hard thing to do, as you know, and I the know because I'm the hardest world. thing in the world to do. But it's also like if you can do that, then everything else becomes just so much easier. I want to tell you this. I think Elon Musk bought Twitter to have an owned audience. I don't think you're totally wrong. Like, I think like, which I mean, like, do you remember when he first bought Twitter and then like there was a bug where every person was seeing every post that yes. Elon made? And I'm like, yes. yeah, that sounds like he probably was just like, yeah, make sure every person sees every video that I make. Yes. Yeah. So Why? I think you're probably so right. Like what, like what super rich people used to do is they would buy like news companies, right? Yep. Yep. Like, Media companies. Yeah. Why did Bezos try like buy the Wall Street Journal? Washington Post. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or sorry, Washington is the Post. I yeah. Remember, it doesn't matter. But, one of the yeah. Yeah. One of them. So. And, oh no, you're totally like, right. So it was like basically so that they would have leverage within the media. So if anybody came after them, they could go after them back. And now, yeah. like, the way to do this is own a social media channel. Yeah. And I, I it was the first time where I like. I saw that done and now I'm just realizing like, okay, cool. Like the powerhouses in the world, this is going to be the playbook. Now they're going to buy these, yeah. like whatever these social channels are that come up and then use that as a mechanism for them. Like their media, their owned media channel is going to be that. So. Oh no, you're totally right. And like, that's, that's part of it is like the idea that like, if you're an Elon Musk type person and you just have, you're playing at a different level than everyone else where you have enough money to buy these platforms. Like this is the, the question of like, is it truly owned if it's on someone else's platform is always like, is always going to be a thing for someone like him where like he, yep. we could get into the, like the banning topic that I think like no one really wants to ever talk about. No. Like it, because I'm it's, also it's too so complicated. dumb to talk about that. It, that's kind there. of how I feel too. Like, yeah. exactly. Like I'm, kind, I'm just like too dumb to have a really, really good opinion here. But I'm also just like, this is a game that's not for me, right? Like exactly. I'm talking, I'm talking. I don't want to, to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking I don't want to be a part shit. of this game. I'm not talking yeah. billionaire shit. <laughs> exactly. So. And so like he, he's sitting there thinking like, okay, I could, I already have a huge account on this platform, but like I could very easily just get kicked off if I say something bad or like say something that people disagree with. And so why don't I just, just own them? Like that's the whole reason why people build newsletters now where it's like, okay, like if you're making your entire income off of YouTube and then they suddenly decide to monetize you or like change their algorithm or do something like that, like you could be totally screwed. And so getting that to a place where you like are on some protocol like email, which obviously is like a, a whole thing, but like, as opposed to being on someone else's platform, that's ideal. And to your point, like that used to be buying media companies and now is potentially buying social media companies, but who knows that's how that's going to turn out. I think the smaller version of this is probably like buying these micro newsletters in your area, but yeah. I want to, I want to talk about this own media thing. Cause I think it's really interesting and we're totally digressing and this is why I'm excited. That's how we do this. it. Yeah. It's, honestly, anymore, this is just like me talking to friends and it's like, yeah. <laughs> I've said that like the last five episodes. Those are the best kind of, those are the most fun to listen to of anything though. Because if it sounds too scripted, it just doesn't sound, I don't doesn't want sound it. good. I don't want it. But yeah, yeah, so anyways, where I was going with this is like, I am kind of obsessed right now with like, what are protocols? Like Web3 yeah. is trying to do this. And I think that yeah. they will never do it, in my opinion. I don't know if I'm right. I'm probably wrong. But I just don't think it's cool. They haven't figured out how to make it cool. And again, yeah. it feels like the cameo issue, but that's a whole other topic of conversation. What I want to get back to is like the protocols that exist right now are email and like podcasts. Yeah. And like, yeah. if you own those two things, they can really never be taken away from you at any point, which is crazy when you think about it. Cause it's just like an RSS feed 
Also, yeah. when you think about like, if you look at the majority of right wing media and like even left wing media, like that's radical, like where is it being mm -hmm. distributed? It's happening through like RSS feeds, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they really can't, like you don't see a lot of people, like Apple doesn't really deplatform like RSS feeds. And yeah. like Spotify doesn't deplatform RSS feeds. And so that's just a really interesting idea and in and, and my like mind. But how I'm thinking about it more and more is just like, we use these other channels, like every channel has its own way to like, you know, hack it or whatever you want to say, yeah. or like grow accounts there. And then what I'm trying to do across all of them is find the balance between like, I get distribution and I siphon off everybody that I can yeah. from all of those channels into owned media channels so that I like always have this list that I can basically like go after, right? And like, Rely like yeah, exactly, exactly. And then the other thing to layer with that, like I'm seeing this more and more is that like the influencer CEO type where it's like, so my buddy, Andy Muborn is like LinkedIn huge. He's got, I think it's like 170,000 followers on LinkedIn and he showed nice, me good this one time. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, Andy, like you have like a media company, right? And yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So he co-founded a company and then he left that company and now he's doing his next thing, but he has immediate distribution to get to that company to a sustainable place where he can go and hire all the people that he needs to basically like, again, just zero to one yeah. this thing, but I'm I, not even zero to one, like zero to one in my mind is like getting it from like zero to like 20 grand a month. Cause at that yeah. point you can like afford staff to actually like do this, especially with like offshore arbitrage. But yeah, for sure. Like once you're past, like, like when I'm on the zero to one side, I'm down, or sorry, it's, it's, it's not zero to one. It's like that layer up where it's like 20 grand to a million a year. Right. Yep. So 20 grand to 80,000 a year. And that is like, anyway, I'm just more and more realizing like every, so I start connecting the dots live. Another friend is starting this company. That's basically like a, how would I describe this? It's like a, it's like a podcast for executives or like directors or anybody that wants to. That basically is like a branded podcast for them. And then they record this podcast and then they chop it up into all these different socials and like, you know, it basically builds all of these different media types that they can distribute across all of their, like, they basically help. It's like a, it's like a ghostwriter, but like media production, right? That's mm. how I think about it. Yeah. And I'm realizing like, oh, like that's how people are going to like build influence now more and more in this B2B world. Like what the influencer was for B2, like D2C, like this is also going to happen in B2B. Like imagine if your marketing director has like all of this leverage in the world, yep. right? And also all of this leverage internally within your company. Like exactly. if half of the company lis at, listens to their podcast, what does that mean? You know? Yep. And so, I'm yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm you, curious your thoughts um, are just like, these are these things I've been thinking about lately. So, so it's a, it's really interesting. You mentioned that when I, the last company I was at, I was head of growth there. And every time that we talked to our, our investors, they would be like, you guys are idiots for not having social media accounts. Like you guys are making this 10 times harder for yourself because you don't have organic distribution. Like if you want to be in this world, then you need to be able to talk to the people that you need to talk to without having to pay a dollar for every like the people that see what you're trying to say. And so that was why I started using Twitter again was because our investors were like, you guys are idiots if you don't do this, because to your point, like it is, I mean, there's a reason why they're called influencers. Like it is influence. You're you having the ability to get your thought or your question or your ask in front of tons of people is a superpower. I mean, like I remember the number of times that I have been like, 
like whenever I'm thinking about doing a side project, every single time that I come up with an idea, I post a poll that's like, here's my idea. Would you use this? Yes, no. And like, if I get a hundred votes on it, that is just like an offhanded thought that I suddenly have like some sort of signal on yep. if it's worth pursuing or not. And like, it's awesome. Like that, that alone is super, super easy, but it goes to your point, like way farther. If you have massive audience, cause I do not have a massive audience. I have a like very mediocrely modest audience size, but if you have like, Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're in the like hundreds of thousands, then like that's real influence. That is, if you want to be conservative, then it's a pretty decent income stream. If it is, sorry, dog's barking. Um, It's life, man. It happens. This is raw. I'm going to not edit this out. I just, it's it's just going to run. Yeah. You know what? That's, that's the work from home life. If you, if you want to leverage that for like a, a conservative amount of like money, you could probably just turn that into straight income via like sponsorship or something like that. But if you want, you can turn that into something more, more like a company. Like you can use that to be like, Hey, I'm looking for engineers who can hook me up. Hey, I'm looking for contacts in X space who can hook me up. Started growing Max's Twitter, like my co-founder. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. I literally, all I did was I put his like at in my bio was like, go yep. follow my co-founder, right? My, and I have to go make sure I am. And so he's like getting like 100 subs a week-ish, if I remember right. And like, it's purely just to have this distribution for like when we yeah. want to hire like good engineers. Like yeah. we're oh, absolutely. Basically start dropping like, you know, just technical shit like once a week. And then I take yeah. my account, I go boost it and it creates this like inbound engineer pipeline for whatever we want, right? And they already have it this is, trust and they're like, yo, this person's building yeah. cool things. I know about them publicly. I'm watching them build these things publicly. Exactly. And then it yeah. creates this hiring like leverage within the community. hundred percent. I just think about that. Like yeah, anyway, so especially on the startup side, like what that means, but okay. I want to, I want to come back to this, this thought that you just made me have. So, um, like, have you read the cold start problem? It's Oh yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. do I have it here? It's somewhere around here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a good book. No, it's good. I think. You know, it's one of those books where it's like you've been in growth. It's just like putting words to the things you already know, giving them names. But like law, yeah. could law of shitty click-throughs, right? Like I'm just yeah. thinking about what your investors said. Basically, what they're telling you there is like hedging against that, right? So exactly. It's like, just because that you found a marketing arbitrage that's cheap right now, if you don't own that channel, it will go up in cost. That's just like 100, yep. percent which means 100 percent yeah. is going to cr- increase as well, unless you're god tier at getting your product to like convert at a higher rate. Exactly. Um, yeah. Like that's the unit economics you're fighting. So the only way to combat that is basically build owned media, right? And so yep. like what I always tell people and like how I think about it too is like in the beginning, 80 percent of my ad spend is on transactional, and then 20 percent is on owned. And then a yep. time goes on, like I want it to get to the opposite of that ratio where it's like 20% exactly. of my ad, 20% is on ad spend, 80% is on owned. And that's like where our acquisition is coming from. But anyways, just, just with that, like in mind, I, like, I, I think that like, this is, this is the future of all of this is like, you're going to have to build these owned channels and like build out yeah. this pipeline. And like, honestly, this is how I'm thinking about swell more and more. It's really interesting. Like. We, we just changed the product a lot in the last couple. Oh. Yeah, we changed the UI and it's like a document now where I can just like prompt AI within it. But oh, it makes cool. this opportunity to basically like what I'm calling it prompt chaining. So like, you know, when you go in like chat mm. GPT and you're like, do this and then do this yep. and then do this. And that gets you the output you're looking for. But if I just write, I just gave it the instructions. It like won't complete that task because it's too yeah. complex. So imagine that, but like we can like that whole process, like we can connect blocks of AI generated content 
so that it's responding after that one happened. So it's like, if the, like it, you know, it goes do this and then do this after that completes and then do this and then do this and onward, right? To get you to that. That's sick, output. yeah. But where this goes even further is then like building these content production workflows where it's like, okay, cool. I want the final result to be in like a table that I can export as a CSV that I throw yep. into Canva. And it just like generates these, you know, basically like, graphics that I'm looking for off of a template that I built within there. And so I guess, you know, what I'm trying to say is like, I'm seeing this, like we start, like our view is that like we're wedging in with podcasting, but there's this like way bigger opportunity where it's like content marketing automation pipelines. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, hundred percent, especially because like, this is, I've actually talked to a few startups doing not that, but like for, for TikTok specifically, like doing like some sort of like automated process there. And yeah, I mean, like the thing is, is like, like we said at the beginning of this, like it's incredibly difficult to do. It is so time consuming to build owned media and most companies don't want to invest in it. One, because like it is hard to do. It takes copywriters. It takes like someone that is chronically online to know how to have what you're saying be like relevant to the moment. It takes designers to make cool stuff for people to look at and it takes like marketers to plan out what to say so like it it is a lot of work and any i think this is actually a you-ism but like any product that saves that can like instantly save a company money is a product that deserves to exist like if you say Give me five dollars elegantly, but I'll claim it. How about that? Go for it. It's 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 yours. Like if you if you can say, give me five dollars, I'll save you ten. Like that is. Yeah. Done I was done. talking about it as like an ATM. Like if I'm a person yeah. and like if I find an ATM where I put a dollar in and two comes out, I'm gonna put a dollar into that until it stops giving me two dollars. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And so if you can sell a company on that, where it's like, hey, like you know, this used to take you forty hours yeah. of man time. And you can now do it in an hour. Yep. You're printing money for them. Exactly. It's going to be the easiest sale you've ever made. I, I actually, I was thinking about what you were saying earlier about like companies buying up these kind of like micro influencers. And yeah. I think there is the other aspect to companies with owned media is that similar, but basically like the other reason why it's difficult is a lot of companies, it's there's inherent risk to it. Like the more you say online, the more there is for people to like poke at or like disagree with and cause controversy that they don't want. And so I do, I have seen a lot of companies doing these kind of like micro influencers where they are kind of like offloading a little bit of that risk where they're like, Hey, it wasn't us saying that it was these guys saying that. And so I I do see that space continuing to grow, especially in the B2B world where there are now b2b influencers kind of for the first time i'm just thinking about these newsletters because like yeah 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 we're in the gonna, we're in the... all of that i mean I've, I've seen like two of these cycles already so like all like all the revenues that exist there are going to crash and what's going to happen is like you're like personally how i'm thinking about it is like when that happens like these people are going to want to sell these things or there's yeah. some type of like different relationship right or like maybe it's you buy a percentage of it or something like that and then you're just a constant mm-hmm. sponsor and you pay out you know you do, I, there's, there's some structure that will come out of this, but like, I'm just thinking about like what, I, what I'm always looking at, especially cause it's like, I'm a startup, right? So like, I'm just looking for like, what are big companies that are doing interesting things? Like, what are the actions they're taking? And then how is that going to yeah. trickle down? And if the HubSpot or if HubSpot is buying the hustle, yeah. like 
that means that they like you could do that on a micro level as well like also the hubs like hubspot is building a massive podcast network like there's some opportunity like happen with that like that can be applied at this smaller level as well so when i say smaller i'm just talking about like startups that you know aren't public and aren't don't have hundreds of millions of dollars to make bets with yeah exactly no you're you're definitely right there and i think like that will happen. And I think like this sort of like this whole ecosystem of like influencer marketing, like micro influencer marketing exists now on the B2C side where it's like, or just like not even B2C necessarily, but just like normal social media. Like this all exists now. Like there's the cameos of the world. There's the like, there's a million like, like analytics platforms built off of this. There's a million like tools for reaching out to them, but it doesn't really exist yet. The B2B side as much. And I think like Beehive is actually really interesting in this regard because they are kind of, they're the first one that I've seen that's done anything in this regard of like being kind of like the marketplace of this where like, like on Beehive, I think now you can like basically boost by like paying other newsletters for like subscriptions basically, which like, I just think that's going to be abused so much. Oh, probably. Yeah. I'm going to go to a call okay, I'm here for it. and I'm going to scrape yeah. 20,000 emails and then I'm yep. going to upload them into Beehive because in my yep. experience, they don't have like extremely, they're lenient on like yeah. their spam policies because to them, I'm sure, they're yeah. in heavy growth. Yep. Mode. Then I'm going to go and be like, cool, like I'm going to start a newsletter and I'm going to start charging on that yep, newsletter. Yeah, a bunch of money, 100%. Exactly. No, I mean like it will absolutely get abused. It will absolutely get pulled back at some point, but... I think it's interesting that like, that's the first place, at least that I know of that if I'm looking to get advertising space for these kind of like newsletter marketing systems, I can just go do that. I don't have to manually reach out to a bunch of people and be like, Hey, please do this for me. I'll give you something. Totally. Totally. I, so two things like it's great from a business standpoint, it's like from an ease. This also means that that market is about to get way more expensive. So like, absolutely. Just, like the more disjointed yeah. a market is for media buying, the cheaper it is, my friends. So when you see this happening, <laughs> yeah. like, all like the sirens should be going off that all of that is about to get really, really pricey. So, You're totally right. And it's something that you said earlier too, but it's like the, the, the cycles of this are always like, once you see the money start to like go into the like, the middle ground of connection. Like once you see yep. money going into it's like broker creating over the top of it, that. Exactly. Once you start seeing like marketplaces show up and things like that, that's when a system, a like processes like becoming institutionalized. And when things are institutionalized, they become more expensive because someone else is getting a cut. And like, it will make things easier if you have money and are fine with that. Like it's going to become way easier to do this. But if you don't have money, it's going to become more competitive. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Have you heard of the company Passion Fruit yet? I sort of, I don't know. Remind me what they do though. It's basically like a landing page builder, but for buying media on like newsletters and podcasts. So if you're like, or like YouTubers or whatever, but you can basically like they, you create media slots that you can buy and then you can like buy those slots out is the idea. So something I've been thinking about a lot lately is like what I I can't remember where I saw it, but like one of their biggest revenue channels is like newsletters. Like newsletters are just going to create their own version of that. You know, like it's a matter of time before Beehive ships that. And I've been thinking about that. Like for us, I've been thinking about this as well too. Like 
there's a reason Descript like just went and they bought like uh, StreamYard, right? It's yep. because Riverside was more upstream than Descript. So if Riverside makes tools that combat, you know, or fight Descript, like they, they've lost leverage, right? And so what this all turns into is like, how are you building a bigger and bigger platform? I mean, this is how massive companies exist, right? Like HubSpot is yeah. a great example of this where it just turns into the everything tool. I mean, I, you can now do social media scheduling in there. I had no idea. Somebody was like, yeah, yeah, we like social media schedule and HubSpot. And I was like, okay. Like I, I didn't even realize you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. But they have a great API. So we're like sick. Like we'll, we'll get data in there for you. All, all the data you want. Like, but anyway, the, I, th I think what I would like, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm thinking about this more and more of just like the companies that own the raw materials, like the, 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 the wherever the raw materials are produced or like that the the closer you are to that the more moat that you have in this new world because mm -hmm. everybody's just going to clone everything and, and copy everything right like it's yeah just, it's just it's great you know you have to have feature parity that's just like what it turns into so anyway yeah just some some things we've seen and, and thought about that are like i mean and this is like yeah i mean this it, I, <laughs> this, is the, this is the problem of like starting an ai company <laughs> yeah and, oh i mean you want to talk about moat the AI come like it's 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 crazy right now. Like I think to your point, like data is the moat, or like the closer you are to owning the original work product, is that's the more moat you're going to have. Because you're right, like there's going to there's it's so much easier to make a product that does something now than it has ever been before. Yep. Like it has, this is, I mean, to your point about like crypto earlier, like I have, like I, I worked at a company that dabbled in the crypto space and like, it was always like, what are going to be the on-ramps? What are going to be the things that are going to get people to use like crypto? AI just like is the exact opposite. It is like everything can use crypto and you don't have to convince them to do it. The use yes. cases are immediately obvious. Yes. And so like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, there are just, I've seen it's like every other day now you see a new AI company that you're like, oh, that's actually a really interesting use case. Like I, 100%. you probably are just like essentially a wrapper on ChatGPT, but like, that's fine because like, if you can own the distribution or you have a novel approach or you have better data that feeds these models, then like, yeah, you have a moat and those are going to be companies. I actually really... I, I got into a um, discussion the other day with someone about how I, I really think that they're like, they were arguing that like AI rapper companies are all going to go to zero. And I was just like, I really don't think that's the case. Like, I really think that like, there are going to become many, many large businesses that are built just basically. Then grid get disrupted right now. And exactly. I'm, I'm watching social media scheduling apps that are bohemians yep. get disrupted yeah. right now. Exactly. And, and that's watching, the thing. Yeah. Like you just. Name the list and go down it. Yeah, right. I mean, like healthcare you want, industry. I was going to say healthcare, legal systems. Like it's like it is literally every single industry, and it is this is this is the thing that's cool about the AI kind of like revolution that's happening right now is that the the thing that startups always have over incumbents is speed and like how nimble they are. Basically, like they can take bigger risks, they can react quicker to like advances or changes in like user behavior because they don't have as much to worry about. Basically, like if they screw it up, it's like, ah, well, we, we took a big shot and it didn't work. Whereas larger companies aren't gonna do things like that. And so like, this is actually a thing I always kind of thought about with like Google, where people were talking about how they are like, they're losing the AI race. And I, I really, I don't think, I would be surprised if Google didn't have basically 
an exact like parody model for every version of GPT at the same time. But they have much more of a responsibility and much more of a reputation to like to worry about versus OpenAI just coming up as some startup being like, hey, we, we released this like this language model, go play with it. We don't know what's going to happen. Figure it, it's, it'll be fine though. Something weird might happen, but it's okay. Whereas if Google did that and some of the things that happened with like GPT-2 and 3 happened be- with a Google product that would have been very large newsworthy and would yes. have made a lot of people very upset. And stock, so stock, yeah, goes stock down. prices, <laughs> exactly. And so they're just not going to do that. And so it's yeah. the same thing with like every company that, or every industry where AI can be something that is disruptive, it's going to be a similar thing. Like there no law firm that's established and large is going to start using this because that would open them up to liability. They're just not going to, they're just not going to do that. Whereas some random kid in his basement, that's like, I want to start a legal company. will absolutely do something like this. And so totally. it's, it's just fascinating it's to me. It's a natural cycle. I, exactly. I, yeah. I don't know. The rapper thing is such bullshit to me. Like it really like, is. Yeah. I totally agree. Like there, there's a million workflows, right? Like I think yeah. that like people get caught up in this, like one size fits all. And like, they forget yep. that the tails are still there. Right. Yep. It's like, you know, the bell, like they're like, the, well, it's a bell curve. The bell curve. Like, yeah. Well, the bell curve is really fucking skinny. Right. Which means yep. that like yep. 50% of the tail, like you could have, I mean, the tails could add up to 50%. I mean, you're the, you're side. the perfect person to talk about this with long tail SEO or it's like, like it just, it kills me, man. It kills yeah, me. So that's where you can make the money. Yeah. And so I, I guess anyways, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that like, there's going to, there's going to be nuanced thing, like, like a great example of this. I can't even fucking search my search, like my chat history in chat GPT. Like yep. that is insane. That is yeah. crazy. Like you're telling me that I can't look up like what I did previously. And also I just talked to my friend Grant and he, he I had him on the pod and he told me like, there's this new, there's these new companies now that are basically like logging your prompt. Like think about like prompts as like, like you want that source, like prompt engineering is like, you want that version history, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, for sure. You want to like have like a repository that your team goes to, like whether it's your marketing team or whatever, and they can go and access this and you want to see what it was previously. And this is how the output showed up and all of that. So there's all these companies that are coming out that are basically turning into that. And I'm thinking to myself, like, of course I would want that. Like, yeah, I want code like that. Why, why, yeah. why don't I, you know, why don't I want my, like the prompts that I'm writing to basically be the same thing. So anyway, yeah. I, 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 I've been using that as a point lately of like, yeah, it's it's a rapper, but like there's so many things wrong with this and that like like there's so many ways to automate this as well. Again, it, I, you know, I'm talking about this like prompt chaining thing that we're building. Yeah. Like, with yeah, yeah. like what we're like how I'm thinking about it is like cool, I used to go and chat with ChatGPT 5 times to get this output, right? Yep. And like that still takes time. Like yeah. I can chain those things together and then I can be like cool, here's 5 or you know, here's 10 pieces of source material. Yep. Now go do that thing. And that, you know, again, what used to take 10 minutes or sorry, what used to take me, we'll say five hours to create those 10 different pieces of content. It now is written, you know, in five minutes and it's published in 10, right? That's the difference. So anyway, I just those, yeah, just examples of like how I, I think it's such bullshit, but that's also coming from a founder that's built like, you know, it's I'm working. out here, right? It's like, I'm, on, no, I'm, I'm, burning, told, I'm making yeah. food sacrifices. All the idols, whatever exactly. I can find. Yeah. Exactly. No, I, I mean, I think like 
I think you're right. Truthfully, I think the answer is like, if there is a feature that is not currently being served, then there is a company there, or at least like a product there. And I think that's like to every other discussion we've had today, like as long as you own some sort of audience to tell about this, like you're going to have some sort of user base that you can market to. And like, really at the end of the day, I think that is like the big name of the game when it comes to like anything that's built off of anything open AI builds is that it's like, yeah, I mean, could someone come and try to do the exact same thing? They probably could. But if you have a larger audience or if you have better messaging, then you're going to beat them. And so like, it just makes own audiences so much more important. Totally. Totally. I, I had this, Max and I were talking about this yesterday, how like each base model has like a different way that you interact with it to get yeah. the same outputs. And like, there's like, you know, how you prompt them is different, right? Like what I say to Claude is different than what I say to, like, yeah. you know, to yeah, for sure. Turbo to chat GPT, you know, to GPT-4. So we were talking about how like, like you're going to get used to talking to a different a specific model. And then like if yeah. a model, like a software uses a different one, you're going to like be terrible at interacting with it or using that thing. hundred percent. And so this is like becoming really interesting for us of like, okay, well, like, are you going to want to bring your own model? Like, are you going to want to be able to like select that within like all these base models or, 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 or is that are, you know, what in reality will happen is going to be a winner take all, right? Like it's going to yeah, be chat, it's going to be open AI. And then it's going to be some other company, right? And I think the, really the, the alternative, that. which is like the most, like, not necessarily dystopian, but definitely like futuristic of all of them is like the personalized per assistant that is like, I always only interact with one model that is like basically constantly being tailored to me off of every interaction we have. And then that goes and talks to whatever other system for me. Interesting. Oh, so you like bring your digital clone or digital voice Pretty tone much. style of self and then yeah. based on that, oh, that's super interesting. Well, I mean, like, that's like, kind of like, it's like a digital like, fingerprint. Exactly. Like it's thing. basically if you, if, if right now Siri was not terrible and Siri this entire time you had your phone has been like, based off of every interaction you've had with it has been like logging data about you learning your tendencies, learning how you like to get information back, learning how you give information. And then like you asked it to like, go get this information back. It could do that for you. And instead of having to like, go to like, okay, I need this from this, this from this, this from this, you just like, there's just like a top layer where you interact with that. And then that interacts with everything else. Totally. That's super interesting, man. I don't know that that's like, I, I do think the only companies that could do something like that are the ones that own the, like, like I, Apple, is something yeah. that could potentially do that. I don't know that they will, but I don't know that they won't either. I think you have to just at that size. Like, um, I mean, you might as market, well. Yeah. If the market's big enough, you have to enter it. Right. Um, and like they, cause that's they the only are, way that you can make money, more money anymore. Exactly. Like you just have to expand. Like you have you to have go to expand. horizontal. Like as soon as that like ceiling is reached on yep. each of the, you know, whatever. You just go somewhere else. And like exactly. of, of all the companies, like this is like to a certain extent, like, everyone has been kind of trying to prepare for something like this for a while. Like the virtual assistants have been around for over a decade at this point, they've just all been bad, but like Google has one, Amazon has one, Apple has one, and they all, they're all collecting data on you that much. I can promise you. And so like, there's a reason why back 
when the the those like home pods first started coming out but google's was so much better than everyone else's is because they had semantic understanding better than any other company because they've been listening to your google searches for the past since their exactly. conception exactly yeah. i'm finding it interesting. i mean we could go on for hours but anyway yeah I mean, for sure probably we we cut it there just uh for consumption reasons <laughs> alone but yeah. dude, i want to have you back on at some point and just tell me about what you're seeing in the if people want to learn so what do you do now you're, you're doing this newsletter where you're kind of just like like documenting all this stuff you're seeing yeah anyway, pretty much nice what, what's that called and, and and any other things you want to shout out or talk about it's called feed my brain it is basically it started off as just like my incoherent ramblings about any topic and has since become slightly more business focused <laughs> but yeah it, it's it's fun i write i try to write like one or two a month so it's pretty infrequent but they're a little bit longer form yeah that's that's pretty much it that's that's all i'm really working on these days but yeah that's amazing awesome man well cool thank you for coming on brother i love talking to you about this stuff so this is actually it's been one of my favorite episodes honestly it's just it's like it's connected a bunch of dots so i appreciate it well, yeah absolutely it's a pleasure to be on and yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk again soon. Hell yeah. All right. I'll see you around, bro. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.